Welcome to Beyond the Crucible. I'm Warwick Fairfax, the founder of Beyond the Crucible. Sometimes passion can be, uh, you know, like a diamond, you know, just surrounded by, you know, rocks or granite. So it may be, you know, there's calluses of pain from our crucible or being beaten down by life and you've forgotten that passion you had when you were younger. Or maybe there's so many calluses and uh, pain around it, you, you don't even know what your passions are. You're just numb to it all. It's just beaten out of you. And so maybe others need to help get out the hammer and chisel and chisel away the calluses, the rocks, to get to the diamond that's your passion. But either way, that excavation uh, metaphor is very good because sometimes, sometimes we know what our passions are. Other times, there's so much callous and just life that you know we need help from these three different methods to get to the core of who are we and what do we really, what we're really passionate about, and what is the change we want to bring to the world. Excavation, digging deep to discover what you're truly, as Warwick often says, off the charts passionate about. That's the focus of this episode of our special summer series, Crucible Hacks. Hi, I'm Gary Schneeberger, co-host of the show. As we continue our step-by-step journey through the Beyond the Crucible refining process, Warwick and I offer you three hacks to help you unearth the passions that will guide you along your pursuit of a life of significance. We call them Redeem the Pain, Meet the Younger You, and Call in Reinforcements. Each one will bring clarity to what you care about most. Passion, Warwick says, is what fuels us to move forward, to get beyond the ashes of our crucible, and to use our pain for a purpose. This fourth episode of the series, Crucible Hacks, focuses all on passion. That's what we're going to talk about today, is uh, how passions fit into how you move beyond your crucible and then how you chart a course to a life of significance. But to back up for just a second, listener, to remind you where we've been going and where we're still going, this series, uh, we're spotlighting the best practices you can do at each step of the journey from tragedy to triumph. Moving beyond a crucible is not easy. We've done almost 170 episodes that have proven that point. Uh, It's not usually quick. It's not something you can accomplish by taking shortcuts. But the idea of crucible hacks is that These aren't quick fixes. Think of them as ideas and inspiration to help you move from this happened to me to this happened for me. And I'm going to stop just for a second and point out my cool t-shirt that I had made. This did not happen to me. It happened for me. That's what I said. That's what my t-shirt says too, because it says for, not to. Get it? The not symbol, the circle with the line through it. So for me, not to. To me. That's what we're going to talk about here. That's what we always talk about at Beyond the Crucible, but specifically in talking about these crucible hacks, that's the thing that we're trying to get after. Um, uh, so we're taking 10 weeks this summer to talk about this, going step by step through what we call the Beyond the Crucible refining process. Our goal is to give you a helping hand through insights and exercises we haven't shared on the podcast to date. Uh, to give you helpful guidance on how to tackle and move through each step. 
And as we intimated at the start here, our focus this week is passion. We're building step-by-step through this process. And it fits really nicely after what we discussed last week, which was beliefs and values. Beliefs and values are a deep dive into our souls, is one way to think about it. Uh, We think about them and what they mean to us. Passions add add emotional beats to those things we care about, critical to both moving beyond your crucible and working your way to leading a life of significance is to understand and to pursue the things you're passionate about. Warwick, I've heard you say it dozens of times on this show, several more times when we're just having conversations where you talk about, you encourage people to discover and pursue something that they are, in your words, off the charts passionate about in moving beyond their crucible and toward a life of significance. Why is that so critical? You know, I want to link passions to some of the things we've talked about before, specifically last week. Passions often grow out of our beliefs and values. There's definitely an inextricable link between beliefs and values and passion. And they're often fueled, not always, but often fueled or even created amidst the furnace of a crucible experience. So we often say, you know, your worst day doesn't have to define you. Sometimes our worst day, there can be a hidden silver lining. It can fuel our passion for a vision that will help others, that will lead to a life of significance. So it's weird. Passion is often, at the, in the worst of times, they can be the best of times. You know, to quote a, mm. um, a novel, uh, what was it? It was the uh, best of times and the worst of times. Um, it's Dickens something. I think, there you go. I, I think it is. I think it's <laughs> Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities, I believe. There you go. In the French Revolution. That English old... major paid off in college. <laughs> there you go. It's an old <laughs> movie back in the 30s, I think, on that. But anyway, um, so really, yeah, I mean, that uh, passion can often be fueled in the worst of times. And um, it's not always, I think for most of our guests, that is the case, uh, that it's born in the worst of times. But it can also come from dreaming something that wouldn't it be so wonderful if that existed? You see, of daydreaming when you're a kid and as the years go by, and gosh, it'd be great if this was invented, if this existed. So passion is really, uh, it's critical. It comes from our dreams, can come from our pain. Uh, but one of the reasons passion is so critical to vision is uh, that it fuels perseverance. It gives us energy to overcome obstacles because we just can't stop thinking about, I have got to do this. I have got to make this happen. That's why passion is absolutely critical and is a key link in the chain as we seek to lead a life of significance. And it's interesting that you use link in the chain because that's really what we're doing with this series, right? We're building, we're helping listeners build a chain. Right. We're helping them find those links to kind of build that chain from uh, this happened to me to this happened for me to uh, tragedy to triumph from um, a crucible to a life of significance. That's what we're trying to build for you. And a chain's a great analogy because it's strong, it's metal, it's it's not it, it's not something that breaks easily and 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 done right done in the step-by-step process, the crucible, the bond, the crucible of refining process, that is a strong way to go about 
pursuing that next act in your life. Um, this is the moment in the show, uh, in every one of these summer series episodes, where we're going to tell you about, because it's a summer series, folks, and what happens in the summer? Fun, right? We're having fun. And in addition to all of the insights that will come from the show, we have created a game. It's called the Crucible Hacks Summer Series Worksheet. When you hear that, don't think homework because worksheet can make you go, ooh, geez, homework. No, think fun. Think prizes. Think pay attention because here's how that's going to work. It all hinges on completing a puzzle that will guide you along your path to turning tragedy into triumph, to building right, that chain, those, those links in that chain. Each week, we have a special code word we'll mention in the episode, but you'll have to listen to the whole thing because you never know when we're going to reveal it. There may be a day, there may be one of these episodes that we do, Warwick, where at the start of the show, I will just scream out the word at the beginning, <laughs> just to let people know, here it is. <laughs> so keep paying attention, because I haven't said the word yet, but when I say the word, you'll, I'll give you the, hey, it's coming, here's the word, and I'll say it. If you want to play along, this is important, you can download the free Crucible Hacks worksheet and unlock how to move from it happened to me to ha it happened for me, my shirt. It happened for me, not to me. That's the point. So go to beyondthecrucible.com, download that worksheet. It's free. And uh, here's, here's the prizes. Here's the fun. The first 25 individuals to complete and submit the worksheet will receive an autographed copy, not an any old copy, a hand-signed autographed copy by Warwick Fairfax of his book, Beyond the Crucible, embrace your uh, trials to lead a life of significance. That's the prize for completing your worksheet. So keep paying attention, not just because the content's going to be really interesting in this episode, but because you get a chance to hear the code word and apply it to the worksheet. All right, let's start talking about passion. The place I'd like to start these conversations is a definition. What is passion? And I'm a, I'm a sucker for Noah Webster's first ever dictionary from 1828 because they don't make dictionaries like they made them in 1828. And this is how Noah Webster in his very first dictionary defined passion. He defined it as zeal, ardor, and vehement desire. That's a pretty good definition, isn't it? I mean, and I want to ask you, Warwick, how does, how does this idea of vehement desire help you move beyond your crucible to a life of significance. Yeah, I really like that concept of vehement desire, ardor, zeal. Right. I mean, that's really what it's about. I mean, you know, it's funny. I think of a phrase um, when I was younger, uh, you know, idealistic, which I still am, you know, and a person of faith, maybe new in my faith. I, I used to say, if you're not so excited about what God is doing in your life and you're having trouble sleeping, you have a problem. Now, that's a little naive, a little overstated, perhaps, as the decades have gone by. You know, uh, I don't quite say that anymore. Uh, but there is this sense that when you're passionate, you have this excitement level that it can cause you the odd sleepless night for the best of reasons. Because mm -hmm. it's just you can't stop thinking about it. It's just like haunting you in the best sense of the word. So really, you know, passion is what fuels us to move forward, uh, to get beyond the ashes of our crucible. And, you know, at least if it comes out of a crucible, to use our pain for a purpose. We have at least, and we'll talk about other forms here, but in the classic one, in the beyond the crucible world, 
we have the sense that um, we want to see that no one else goes through what we went through. We want to be, as Gandhi said, we want to be the change that the world needs. I mean, that's such a powerful statement. And it, you might think, oh, you know, how can I be that person? Well, it's not so much about the size of the change. It could be your neighborhood, your community. But we all as humans, we desire to make a difference. And that's the passion that we're speaking of, this desire to make a difference, to produce some kind of change, to want to live a legacy that we can be proud of. You know, legacy, as you mentioned uh, last time, is, is your highest value. Well, to leave a legacy, you've got to do something you're off the charts passionate about. So right. you know, that's why passion is, is really so important. And that was it right there. You heard it, listener. He said, off the charts passionate about. That is, you've heard that phrase scores of times, probably, if you've listened to the podcast for any um, long period of time. So we've got, this is such an important subject that we've actually got, we've we've been sort of landing on two hacks per episode. We've got three hacks for this episode, because this is such a pivotal, critical turning point in your journey from uh, from setback to significance. So we've got three hacks. First hack is this, redeem the pain. Here's how that works. Reflect on the emotions coming out of your crucible. Warwick indicated earlier, that's that can be, for a lot of our guests, that's where the passion comes from to pursue the next thing that they pursue coming out of that crucible. So reflect on the emotions coming out of that crucible. They may well be, probably are, negative emotions, but think about how you can turn those negative emotions into positive emotions, how you can indeed redeem that pain. What change do you want to bring into the world that your passion is fueling? Write down what that change is and why you're so passionate about it. The why matters. So don't just write down what you're passionate about. Write down why it matters. Is there anything you want to say about this one, Warwick, or should I just continue to read on to the other ones? I want to give you the chance to speak into anyone that you want to speak into. No, no, no. no you, you keep going. All right. So that was hack number one. Hack number two, folks, and we'll get Warwick's perspective on all these when we finish all, all the discussion of what the hacks are. This one is meet the younger you. We have an entire worksheet that lays out this hack in our e-course, Discover Your Second Act Significance. It asks several questions for you to ponder about your younger, dare I say, more carefree days. Why go into the past to chart your future? Because often your true calling is buried in your youth and the things that brought your heart alive then. So we're going to drill down in, as you ponder this meet your younger you hack listener. We're going to drill down on just one of the questions that's on that worksheet. That's this. Uh, we will post the whole worksheet in the show notes um, for this episode. But here's the question. Remember two things that we've encouraged you to do since we started this series. That's not the question. This is the exhortation before the question. I fooled you. Don't overthink it. Go with the first thought or thoughts that pop into your head. You can unpack why they popped into your head later. And two, be sure to jot down your thoughts in that Crucible Hacks notebook that we've been encouraging you to keep as we've been, been going through the first episodes of this series. Okay, here is the question. What did you dream of doing when you grew up? As a younger person, right, the younger you, what did you dream of doing when you got to that point, whatever that point was in your mind's eye when you grew up? Think about that. First thing that pops into your head, jot that down, and then you can come back 
and unpack that and take as much time as you need to do that. Here's the third hack. And then we'll get some uh, some perspective from Warwick. Call in reinforcements. We say often that that bouncing back from a crucible is a team sport. Call in reinforcements. We're not the only ones who know us really well. Close friends and family have insights we often don't see easily ourselves. When we're lost in our thoughts, distracted by challenges, or just plain busy, they continue to see what we might miss about what makes us uniquely and fundamentally us. So let's shift perspective from looking at our younger selves to asking those who are close to us currently this important question. When do you see me light up the most? Another important question that's related to that. What am I most passionate about? Ask a lot of people these questions because each may have a different helpful perspective. Then be sure to write down what they tell you and how you feel about what they tell you in your notebook. So those are the three, Warwick. Those are the three. Quickly to review, redeem the pain, meet the younger you, and call in reinforcements. It's a lot of information to pack for you to come have a response to. So what are your thoughts about all of these things that we've been talking about? Why are they important? How can folks really get into them and really begin to get some, some value from these hacks? I think each of these three exercises, each of these three hacks can really be helpful in you focusing in on what is it that you're most passionate about. Certainly with the first exercise, Redeem the Pain, crucibles, as we've mentioned, they can be extremely painful and they can be life-changing. But as many of our guests have found, they can contain a gift. I can't tell you how many guests we've had on the podcast that said, what I've been through is a gift. Right. It's like, it makes no sense. It's like, um, as we've often said, uh, you know, Stacey Kopass, who was a woman that became a paraplegic in an above-ground pool, uh, diving into it when she was a teenager. She said what she went through was a gift, which makes no sense. But what she means is nobody wants to go through that. But she, the person she became with the knowledge she had and the heart, compassion, speaker, coach, consultant, she couldn't have got there without that. It's a very you know, hard-won gift, if you will. And she also inspired you. Right? Because you you weren't quite, you were kind of at that line of demarcation where you weren't quite ready to say what happened to you in losing the family media company was a gift. And yet after talking to to, to uh, Stacey Kopass, you realized, yep, that's a gift. And, and many passions that that you've been pursuing right that come from the pain of that gift that you that you realized was a gift, right? So well said, Gary. In one sense, she gave me a gift a gift of realizing that my crucible, it was deliverance in a sense and the bondage of a 150-year-old right. family media business to become whoever I wanted to be. That was a gift. So um, I came to realize that my pain of losing that $2.25 billion take of a 150-year-old business was a gift because it allowed me to be the person I am now and the family and my kids to do whatever they want to do without the obligations of you know, being, you know, another cog in the dynasty. Uh, so crucibles, they can give us purpose and passion that, you know, pulls us out of out of the pit to a vision that leads to a life of significance. So they can be a gift amidst the pain. Now thinking about the second uh, exercise, second hack, 
I think of Robert Miller, who was on our Second Act Significance uh, podcast series. In his younger days, he yearned to be a rock musician, but he ended up, as he said, had the misfortune of being a very successful bankruptcy attorney in New York. It was unfortunate because he was doing really well and making lots of money. Right. It's hard to leave that and go be a rock musician because for every you know, Led Zeppelin or the Beatles, you know, there's a bunch of people that don't make it and having trouble right. making ends meet. So he did the logical thing. Right. They're known as only plus opening act on the bills, <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. And so thinking about our younger selves before we got world weary and, you know, maybe the, the vision beaten out of us reminds us of a time when we thought everything was possible. So we might find our passion to make a difference, contribute to the world in some way or do something that makes our hearts and other hearts come alive, that may be the seeds of that in those dreams of when we were younger. And really, when we think of that third hack, that third exercise, listening to others who know us well can be helpful. You know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, our friends and family don't really know me. Well, you're probably wrong. They probably really know you much better than Mm. you think. Um, And, you know, they've probably heard of our dreams. Maybe not. But I can't imagine Robert Miller never said to another soul, another sibling, another another friend, man, wouldn't it be great to be a rock musician? Right. I'd be staggered right. if that was a secret. I don't think it was. I'd right. be really surprised. So you'd be surprised how many people know what our dreams were. And, you know, those dreams can collectively chart the areas that they're really passionate about. You know, we're not always aware of how much others know about us and what we care about most, but I think they can be affirming and confirming about who we are and what we're really passionate about. So, you know, pay attention to all of those three hacks, uh, what we can learn from uh, our hardest, most difficult crucible, what that says about our passions, the change we want to be in the world, what the dreams we had when we thought everything was possible when we were younger, and how much other people who really, you know, friends and family really know about us who can really give us an indication and a confirmation of what we're really passionate about. Right. And and I didn't think about this. I love when this happens on this show, especially this summer series. I didn't think about this until you were just talking. But all three of those hacks, right? The redeem the pain, meet the younger you, call in reinforcements. All three of those hacks at their core, right? At their at their foundation have this idea of excavation, right? You're you're going on kind of you're kind of like Indiana Jones in some way, right? You're going on this this quest to pull out things. In some cases, it's pull out passion from your pain. In some cases, like meet the younger you, it's to pull out forgotten passion from your youth. And then you may not even know uh, that you've 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 displayed that passion. Someone can point it out, and and there'll be an aha moment when someone says that to you. At their root, they may sound different, and 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 the passions come from different places, but it's all an exercise in excavation, isn't it? Yeah, that is such an, a brilliant analogy, Gary. Uh, yeah, when you think of Indiana Jones, and most of us you know, grew up watching it, and uh, I think there's a new one uh, coming out, um, so you know that should be fun. Sometimes passion can be. Uh, you know, like a diamond, you know, just surrounded by, you know, rocks or granite. So it may be, you know, there's calluses of pain from our crucible or being beaten down by life and you've forgotten that passion you had when you were younger. Or maybe there's so many calluses and uh, 
paint around it. You, you don't even know what your passions are. You're just numb right. to it all. It's just beaten out of you. And so maybe others need to help get out the hammer and chisel and chisel away the calluses, the rocks, to get to the diamond that's your passion. But either way, that excavation uh, metaphor is very good because sometimes, sometimes we know what our passions are. Other times, there's so much callous and just life that you know we need help from these three different methods to get to the core of who are we and what do we really, what we're really passionate about, and what is the change we want to bring to the world. Yeah, and let's since I have the opportunity, I'm going to ask patient zero in the crucible, uh, you know, bouncing back from your crucible, right? The creator of Beyond the Crucible. You've said many times, Warwick, that one of the things that you learned you weren't in the the takeover bid of the family media business. You weren't a take no prisoners, Rupert Murdoch, hard charging leader type. But we've never really talked about this. You you also had to have discovered in that process, and I'm sure, and I know it's played out in what Beyond the Crucible is, you discovered some things along the way that you are passionate about. You discovered your vehement desires um, on the other side of what, so there's what you weren't, you learned that, that's helpful. What and how did you discover your vehement desires, your ardor, your passions? How did that come about for you? And what are those passions? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, in terms of who I was, I knew I wasn't like a corporate raider, you know, business executive type. Um, I realized I'm more philosophical. You know, my dad would have been a good philosophy professor. He wasn't, he was a good writer, not particularly a good businessman. Uh, but yeah, I'm afraid uh, the founder of the company, John Fairfax, five generations ago, was a great businessman, but that the genes died out over the generations. But um, yeah, no, I realized I was a reflective advisor, but it took a while to uncover what I was passionate about. Because like back to the excavation analogy, I had calluses of pain and confusion and right, um, right. You know, really, I, there were a few points when I started executive coaching in 2003. I realized I had a a yearning to help people, but mm -hmm. where it crystallized even more is, as listeners have heard many times, I gave a talk in the church we go to in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, about what I went through. It was like a 10-minute sermon illustration and uh, some points that since it's a church, I thought that God had taught me some lessons learned. When people came up weeks and months after and said, you know, Warwick, your story really helped me, and I'm thinking, there aren't any out-of-work kind of media moguls, former media right. moguls in the audience. Right. It's just your average cross-section of society. That's when it's like, if I, you know, talking about your worst day is painful. I tell you, when I wrote the book in those early years, after a couple hours, it was so incredibly painful. I was done. I just could not write anymore. It's like, I just need a break. It was pretty traumatic. But what fueled me to keep going is, if I can help other people get beyond their worst day, I didn't quite voice it that way, but if this can help other people, that passion to use my pain to help others, that got that book written. Without that passion to help others, the book wouldn't have got written. It took years to get it written and years to get it published. Why did I keep going? Where was the perseverance? It all came out of my passion to help others and change the world in some small, small way. I don't tend to think of myself changing the world, but if I can use my pain to help lessen somebody else's pain or have a sense of redemption that there is hope, that your worst day doesn't have to define you. Yeah, that, that passion from that 2008 talk in church, that was life-changing. And without yeah. that passion, 
beyond the crucible wouldn't exist, the book wouldn't exist. It just, it wouldn't. It was too, took too many years, too difficult. And I have seen that zeal, that ardor, that vehement desire that you're talking about when you've given other speeches and the, when people come up to you and they, and they talk about how that's helped them. I've seen that, right? Going to the third point, call in reinforcements. I'm one of your reinforcements. I've seen that reflected in you when you get that feedback from people. It's not about bravo, Warwick, what a great guy. It's about you've helped me. That's what moves you. That's where your zeal lies. And that's um, that's a perfect example of out of the ashes, out of the pain, you've redeemed the pain to help other people redeem their pain. And that's a great talk about a chain. That's a great link in the chain to help, you know, you passed it on and then they pass it on and they pass it on. And, you know, who knows? It's, that can become an enormously large um, legacy to use that word. So uh, we've got one last bit of business to, to go over before we land the plane, as we like to say here at Beyond the Crucible. And that's this. What's that code word for the Crucible Hacks worksheet? You've probably been sitting there, listener, waiting for me to reveal it. Well, three, two, one, here it is. The code word is create. That's the code word, create. This week, week four, code word for the Crucible Hacks worksheet is create. Remember, fill it out. You find it at beyondthecrucible.com. Fill it out. Turn it in after you finished it. The first 25 who turn in the full sheet will get a signed book uh, from Warwick of Beyond the, the uh, Crucible. So, Warwick, as we wrap, any final thoughts about all these things that we've discussed? Again, I'm always so impressed when we come up with, here's a, we've never used the term excavate before, and we both just riffed on it, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was sweet. So what would you like to leave folks with before uh, they join us again next week? Yeah, excavate is... Um a really good word. In fact, uh, if we thought about it, we could have had the word for the worksheet is excavate. That would have been a good one. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't think people would have got that. I mean, you have to listen to the podcast to figure that one out. That's yeah. not obvious at all. But anyway, um, yeah, I guess what I'd like to say is we say all the time that our worst day doesn't have to define us. Um, you know, our worst day can indeed be a gift. It can help us find the passion that will fuel our life of significance, that will fuel our vision. So uh, that life of significance, that vision, it often, that vision often does grow out of the passion to make a difference in the lives of others. I think we all, it's hard for people to say this, but in some small way, we all want to be the change that the world needs. Maybe mm -hmm. you say, well, I don't know about the world, but how about my community? How about my family? How about my neighborhood? How about my office, my workplace, wherever that is? We all want to feel like we're leaving drops of redemption. We all want to feel like in some way we're making a difference in the lives of others who we encounter. So, you know, crucible experiences, and I don't know that I thought this until recently, they can be a gift, but pay attention to the passion that you're feeling to have your life count to make a difference. What is that passion? Why do you have that passion? You know, focusing on that passion, understanding that passion, that is like rocket fuel that can enhance your vision to lead a life of significance. I feel like if you've got like a Ferrari or a BMW or, you know, whatever your favorite car is, and you have no passion, you've got no fuel. You know, it mm -hmm. may be the most well-built car you've ever seen. You know, German engineering, you know, what, you know, Italian engineering, whatever engineering you like, it's great. But without fuel... 
you're going nowhere and your vision is going nowhere and the chance of leading a life of significance is close to zero. So um, passion is critical. Passion is often born out of a crucible or dream that you've had for years, but wherever it comes from, focus on the passion because it's critical to living a life of significance and having your vision come to reality. Now that the plane's on the ground, uh, listener, rewind the last two minutes of what of this show. And I defined passion at the start of the show. We've talked about passion and what it looks like and where you find it and why it's important during the show. Warwick just ended the show in the last two minutes exhibiting what passion looks like, breathes like. Listen to the excitement in his voice about the things he gets to do here at Beyond the Crucible. That is passion in action. And that's what we're wanting to encourage with this episode. So come back and join us next week when we offer up more Crucible hacks that will help you achieve a life of significance. If you enjoyed this episode, learned something from it, we invite you to engage more deeply with those of us at Beyond the Crucible. Visit our website, beyondthecrucible.com, to explore a plethora of offerings to help you transform what's been broken into breakthrough. A great place to start? Our free online assessment, which will help you pinpoint where you are on your journey beyond your crucible and to chart a course forward. See you next week.